0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520. We're in a beautiful setting in Gravenhurst, Ontario, Canada. And our guest today is John Miller. We're going to be talking about tourism and the world-famous Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center. John Miller joined the Society as General Manager in 2001 after 10 years in various positions in tourism management. During the next 15 years, the company grew substantially with the following projects. Building and launching the new $5 million passenger vessel Winona 2 in 02, Building the $8 million, 23,000 square foot Muskoka Discovery Center in '06, and again our guest today is John Miller president Muskoka steamships and Discovery Center now right in front of me where we're taping this remote taping in Gravenhurst Ontario I see I believe the Seguin steamboat right in front of me that's Winona Winona was actually me. on a cruise right? okay now. well I have the Winona in front of me it's a beautiful old vessel. Um, Tell us about the Seguin, the one that is out right now. Um, uh, Tell us about the RMS Seguin, North America's oldest operating steamship. John Miller. Uh, Well, the RMS Seguin
1: uh, was built in 1887 so she's 129 years old this year. Uh, She is the oldest commercial vessel in Canada. Uh, She's the oldest coal-fired steamship in north america and the seventh seventh oldest steamship Uh in in the world so she's a floating museum so to speak and uh, we have operated her in our company uh, with the exception of about 20 years around 1950 to 1970
0: uh, for the entire period of her, her life now it's an old boat it looks very. It looks like new, so I imagine it's very well constructed, and safe.
1: Uh, it is. It is an, o- an old boat, of course. So she's made of wood. Her hull is iron, but uh, we are constantly uh, restoring areas of her uh, as the wood, of course, uh, you know, um, needs replacing uh, from time to time. She's uh, an extremely safe vessel, and uh, all
0: of our actions and. Uh, are monitored by Transport Canada on a regular basis. Okay. Now, you have a season here that's pretty brief. I mean, we're basically talking about May to October, is that right? And tell us how busy you are in the season, and then what do you do with the ship's off-season when the uh, Lake Muskoka is frozen? Uh, Yeah, we sail approximately 140 days, so um, as
1: you said, from late May or early June to Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving, which is uh, about the second weekend in October. Um, And it is a very busy season, it's a busy area in Muskoka where we sail. Uh, We sail on three of the most beautiful lakes uh, in the world, Lakes Muskoka, Rosso, and Joseph and uh, our really extremely busy period uh, is August, September and October when people come uh, to finish out the summer and then they um, come to see the fall colours turn in the fall of the year. Uh, In the wintertime, the ships stay right at the dock um, all winter long. Lake Muskoka, of course, freezes very thick. Um, The winters up here can be pretty cold and uh, the ships stay there all year. Sometimes we do some maintenance on them depending on what is required, but uh, for the most part
0: they freeze right in and stay at the dock for six months until spring. Very good. Now let's talk about the Winona 2. How is this boat different from the Wanda 3 and the RMS Seguin? Tell us about this boat. Uh, Well Winona uh, is a brand new ship
1: that we launched in 2002 um, she's built to look like Seguin um, and look like the rest of the, the ships that were in the in the company uh, in the company's history, but of course she's a, a modern vessel, so she's made out of steel. Um, she has modern amen- amenities like air conditioning and an elevator. Um, she is double the capacity of Seguin. Uh, Seguin can hold 97 passengers. Winona can hold 216. Um, and just everything about her is just a little bit bigger because we don't have to—we don't have a steam engine in the middle uh, of the ship taking up a lot of space. She's powered by diesel, and uh, and it is an extremely efficient vessel. So,
0: um, so state of the art and only about 14 years old so far. Okay. Well, I would take it that the newer vessels are much less expensive to operate if you're using diesel engines uh, wouldn't it be about half as expensive to operate the newer ships yeah uh,
1: the diesel engines of course are very reliable Um, the biggest expense for seguin uh, the steam engine is absolutely reliable and has been for years Um, the technology is wonderful and it still works very well the expensive part for us is getting the coal we get coal from uh, west virginia and it comes up about every uh, ten days to two weeks and uh, is is dumped uh, in our coal bins um, and then the ship is powered by about two
0: or three tons of coal each day so that becomes a very expensive. So endeavor. you're talking about six or seven thousand pounds of coal per day? Correct,
1: yeah about two to two to three tons depending on the schedule. Mm-hmm. So every ten, ten days to two weeks we bring up about approximately 21 tons uh... by truck from West Virginia so that's very expensive <laughs> it is very expensive I mean that transporting the coal and getting it here is is just as expensive as the coal itself so um... it becomes uh... it's something we have to do of course because we want to keep the historic value of the vessel and uh... we're certainly willing to do it as that's our mandate is to preserve Seguin and keep her running for generations
0: very good For those who've just tuned in to the Rust Report, our guest is John Miller, president of the Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center. We've done many programs in the last 15 years in Muskoka, and we have an upcoming program on Muskoka tourism with Jordan Mulligan. If you're listening in Muskoka, Buffalo, New York, or northern Florida to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And we greet letters from listeners as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. A little bit more information about our guest today, John Miller. And During the last 15 years, his company grew substantially with a project including a major partner in the redevelopment of the Muskoka Wharf Project, an $89 million transformation of the waterfront in 2006. And this is in Ravenhurst, Ontario, which is God's country. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world, about an hour and a half north of Toronto, Canada, and we have many listeners in the last 30 years from uh, Toronto. Again, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. We'll share your comments with John Miller, President of Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center. Well, let's talk about the Discovery Center. John Miller, what do you offer? Why should people drive from uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, New York, Toronto? for this Discovery Center, John Miller? Uh,
1: well, the Discovery Center is uh, has three main themes. Uh, one is the steamships, of course, and the Navigation Company, which uh, was started in 1866. This is actually our 150th anniversary this year, so it's quite uh, remarkable. Um, so the steamships is one, one of the themes of the Discovery Center. The uh, antique and classic wooden boats of Muskoka are another. Muskoka is very well known for having probably the highest quality collection of wooden boats in North America and third is the hotels and resorts that are on the lakes in Muskoka not just the ones that are here now but the ones that have been here or were here uh, up to 150 years ago it's quite a a popular destination with uh... with cottagers and visitors and the resorts were uh, uh... very very affluent up to about 80 years ago and then they started to decline. So, The Discovery Center tells a wonderful story uh, in all sorts of different ways about those three themes uh, as well as having a large family theme component.
0: Now you mentioned um, about these resorts declining. Is that because people have cottages, condominiums, people travel all over the world? I mean I know that there were even 30 years ago many more license plates from America here and it seems like you have more of a regional uh, crowd, mostly Toronto I would imagine here, but uh, also a hundred years ago before income tax uh, in the United States people used to take the summers off. So tell us what's happened in the last eighty years where there are uh, fewer people coming up to these resorts and they're having a little tougher time. I think people are just
1: uh, vacationing differently than they did. Um, You mentioned that people used to take entire summers off and that's exactly what used to happen. They used to uh, come up, actually uh, one area on Lake Muskoka was originally settled by uh, the steel families of Pittsburgh and they would come up for the uh, summer, build their summer homes and stay here for the entire time. But now um, people are not doing that obviously, they're taking much shorter vacations. the family-run resorts that used to be on these lakes—there used to be a number of them—they've—they've uh, they've just gone, uh, disappeared. The families have sold, and and there hasn't been people coming up through the generations that have wanted to continue the operation of the resorts. So, uh, people now are, you know, renting cottages more than they used to ever before. There's fractional ownership opportunities all over, which allows people to take a week in Muskoka, um for you know a much more reasonable price as opposed to staying at a at a large resort for a week, um,
0: so people are just traveling differently and, and vacationing differently, and we're adapting with that as well. I'd like to thank Michael Lawley of Muskoka Tourism for recommending this program with John Miller, president of Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center. Let's talk about the other ship here. I don't know if it's out at the moment. It's at 3:30 p.m. on a Tuesday. Uh, Wanda three, uh, tell us about that ship, John Miller.
1: Yeah, Wanda three was uh, originally commissioned for Mrs. Timothy Eaton of the Eaton family, and the Eaton family in Canada was a famous is a famous family that used to that became very successful with the Eaton department stores. So Wanda three is a steam yacht. She's 94 feet long and 12 feet wide and she was commissioned by Mrs. Timothy Eden as the family yacht in 1915. Um, She is also steam powered and at the time was one of the fastest uh, boats of her size on the lake. Um, So the Wanda was given to our society uh, I believe in 1993 and since then we've done a lot of restoration on her and operated her as a commercial vessel. Uh, we don 't operate her as a commercial vessel anymore. We are currently uh, undergoing the second year of a two year wood restoration on her so she 's out of service right now she 's
0: actually docked right beside the discovery Center Now are the Eaton family still up here in the Muskoka area? The Eaton family is still uh,
1: does still have a summer home in the Muskoka area yes um, of course back then they were they had a i, I believe they had more than one home. Uh, back in 1915 when uh, the Eaton's department stores were going uh, very well across Canada. So uh, yes, they're still here along with a, a number of uh,
0: cottagers. Uh, John Miller again is our guest today on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520. Let's learn a little bit about the history of the Muskoka Lakes Navigation Company if you could tell us a little bit about that. John Miller, President of Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center? Uh,
1: Well the company, um, the the first steamship was named Winona 1 and it was built and launched in 1866 by a a man named Peter Coburn and uh, it was the catalyst to the development of tourism in Muskoka at the time because of course there was no roads, there was no cars and steamship was the only way to access the smaller communities, and islands, and cottages on the three lakes. So, the company was formed not long after Winona was built and launched. And over the next, the course of the next hundred years, there was up to 22 steamers in the company, um, up to 14 sailing at one time. So, the company has a r- rich history in uh, navigating the Muskoka Lakes with steamships, um, and the Muskoka Lakes navigation company in 19, I believe it was 1925, bought a resort uh, in on Lake Rosso called the Royal Muskoka Hotel, and then they changed their name to Muskoka Lakes Navigation and Hotel Company, and that hotel served as a destination for the ships, so people would come up by steam train up from either the States or Toronto or anywhere else in Ontario up to Gravenhurst, they'd come to Muskoka Wharf, they'd board the steamships, they'd travel up through the islands and through the locks up to uh, their large resort on Lake Rosso called the Royal Muskoka Hotel. Which no longer exists. No, it burned down in 1952, unfortunately. so
0: We are no longer a hotel company, but we are still a ships company. Okay, now another thing, um, and before I, I mention this question, again our guest today is John Miller, President of Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center at 185 Cherokee Lane in Gravenhurst, Ontario, Canada. Weren't these ships used to ship mail to people who lived on the islands? So when you went out on the trips, you always brought pouches of mail to the different residents of the different locations?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Uh,
1: uh, Seguin still delivers mail to this day. She's considered a royal mail ship, and she's the oldest royal mail ship in the world. as I said, when the ships were were developing the lakes, um, they carried a lot of different things groceries, mail uh, supplies, cattle, horses, um, but yes, they delivered mail to the various uh, locations such as Bracebridge and Port Carling and Bala and Rosso, um, because they were the only means of transportation back then so uh, but today, you can still go on board, purchase a postcard or uh, purchase a postcard, and mail it from the ship. And it'll probably
0: be there at your house before you get home. Now, I would imagine these ships were constructed outside of Muskoka. Is that correct? The
1: uh, no, most of the sh- all the ships in in the company
0: were constructed right in this bay. Right in Great Right in Earth. this bay. So, so you had craftsmen right here a hundred years ago to build these ships. Absolutely yes. The
1: Seguin, the hull came from the Clyde. Uh, in Scotland, but it came over in pieces, and then it was assembled here. But the rest of the ships, excuse me, uh, in the company were built right in Muskoka Bay, in, at the Gravenhurst, at the Muskoka War, and the Winona
0: II uh, that was launched in 2002 was also built in this bay. For those who have just tuned in, our guest today is John Miller, president of the Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center in Gravenhurst, Ontario, in the Muskoka region. And uh, it's these are beautiful old ships we're talking about, so people like to see ships of a hundred and fifty years of age. This is the place to come to in the summer months. And a little more information about John Miller in two thousand fifteen he was named president of the organization by the Society's Board of Directors. He lives in Bracebridge with his wife and three sons. If you're listening in Bracebridge or South Buffalo, or Washington, D.C. to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power on ESPN Radio. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. John Miller, let's talk about the refurbishing of the RMS Seguin. How big a project was this? How long did it take? Let's learn about that. John Miller.
1: Uh, well, the Seguin, uh, the last steamship was uh, taken out of service in 1958 because of um, Uh, The introduction of more and more cars obviously uh, and roads and roads being built and things like that So the steamships didn't have uh, a role as they had in the past So Seguin sat at the dock right here um, for a number of years um, Just boarded up Uh, She was then opened as a museum as a floating museum uh, and people could tour her for uh, a small fee And then in the early 70s, a a group of dedicated people got together and decided that, you know, it would be a good idea to refurbish the entire ship and have her sail again. And uh, if it wasn't for those people, Mm -hmm. um, she wouldn't be here today, as would uh, Winona wouldn't be here, and the Museum wouldn't be here, and the Muskoka Wharf wouldn't be here. So uh, I believe it took a million dollars to restore Seguin. Um, uh, That was... uh, the uh, kick-started by the Ontario Road Builders Association who um, in a a funny sort of way felt responsible for the demise of the steamships so they gave a large donation to begin the restoration of Seguin. Uh, In 1981 she was relaunched uh, as a tourism vessel, uh, passenger vessel that she is today and uh, has
0: sailed every year since. Let's talk about the refurbishing of these boats. And I think I was there at Bigwin uh, Bigwin Inn the last year they were open as a major hotel in 1967. And I believe I went on the original Bigwin boat, uh, which ferried my family. uh, I think it's, is it Norwich Point? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. To uh, Bigwin. And is this very common to get these old ships, some have had fire damage, water, ice damage, and they become dilapidated, and then they are really taken down to the bones and brought back to life. Even some of them, I think even the big one, was underwater for many years. Is this common? Uh, well, I don't know if it's as common as some people would like
1: it to be. It's, it's extremely difficult, and it takes a lot of money and a lot of work um, we uh our organization was uh was assigned charitable status in nineteen seventy four for this for the, for the reasons um, uh to deal with the Seguin, restore it as a piece of history and resail her again and uh, it's a large effort it's expensive and it's a difficult operation even to this day because they do take a lot of work um, there's constant restoration being done and of course you're dealing with a 129-year-old technology so there's always things to to work on there. We can't just go to the steamship store uptown and get our parts. We have to have them all made. Um so it's a it's a it's a passion and uh we have a great uh great organization behind us. A uh, wonderful dedicated board of directors and about 700 members that uh care greatly about the restoration and the preservation of the ships.
0: Now, uh, this is a registered charity, or we call them in the United States 501c3s, I don't know what they're called in Canada, but if somebody listening in Toronto, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Rochester, Syracuse, Manhattan, would like to make a tax-deductible donation of a dollar or $100,000, how can they make these donations to keep these beautiful old ships alive in Gravenhurst, Ontario? Yeah, we are constantly fundraising um, because we have to. We have to supplement
1: uh, our income for the capital projects that we take on. Um, We just finished, two years ago, we just raised $225,000 to the restoration of the Seguin Wheelhouse. And last year we raised $55,000 to the wood restoration project on Wanda. So we're constantly uh, accepting donations from supporters and uh, if there was a
0: supporter out there that wanted to donate, please just contact me directly by email or phone. Okay, why don't you give your email address and phone number, please? Sure. John Miller.
1: My phone number is 866-687-6667, and my email is miller, j-m-i-l-l-e-r, at
0: realmuskoka.com, And that phone number is a toll-free number? That's correct, yes. Okay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Boat Builders Workshop. What is that all about here, John Miller in Gravenhurst, Ontario? Uh, well, as I said,
1: the Boat Builders of Muskoka have a rich history in building antique and classic boats. So we have a we have a small workshop beside the office here that is run by volunteers and what we do is we take on small projects that we can handle uh, skiffs or rowboats or uh, disappearing propeller boats, and we restore them, or sorry, they restore them, and we either auction them off or, or uh, give them away, but it's uh, a wonderful uh, attraction. We have the doors open, so of course people can see the work going on uh, when the guys are there, and the wonderful thing about it is it's run by volunteers, and uh, they get along and, and uh,
0: do a wonderful job. Now, another thing you have here with the Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center is a kid zone. Why should people within 500 miles bring their children here? Well, a couple of years ago, we decided to expand our audience uh, at
1: the Discovery Center, and we decided we wanted to target families because Mm -hmm. we are an older organization, obviously, and we're a charitable organization and a heritage organization, but we wanted to bring in uh, some fresh fresh faces and audiences to... Uh, again, boost our attendance and, and things like that. So we opened up uh, Kids Zone at the Discovery Centre, and it's a wonderful interactive space where uh, families can enjoy uh, a range of technology and interactive exhibits um, that all have, uh, you know, connections to our, our overlying themes, which of course are resorts, steamships, and wooden boats. And it's been, a, it's been a great hit since we opened it uh, a couple of years
0: ago, and this summer, uh, again, it's very strong. I'd like to thank those who have called regarding our recent guests, John Katsimatides, billionaire New York City entrepreneur, Nick Langworthy, Republican chairman, Phil Rosenthal, New York City civic leader. And coming up, we'll have Jordan Mulligan of Muskoka Tourism and Dennis Elsenbach, the head of National Grid. We just have a few seconds left. I'd like to thank very much Michael Lawley for recommending this program with Muskoka Tourism. And again, any thoughts or comments, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And thanks so much to John Miller, president of Muskoka Steamships and Discovery Center in Gravenhurst, Ontario, for enlightening us about this wonderful tourist attraction. We urge all of our listeners in Canada and the Northeast United States to come up here to Gravenhurst to see the Muskoka Steamships. Have a great week.